Yay, 28. It's our 28th episode. We're so excited. Hope you enjoy it. I'm Kobe. I'm Helen. I'm joined tonight by Kobe, as always. And our guests are Dan and James. Hey. Hi. And they are from the podcast A Gay and a Non-Gay. And we're here today discussing Dallas Bias Club, which is Dan's choice. I hope you enjoy the show, guys. Remember, please visit us online at flixwatcher.tv. Come to our Twitter account, which is Flix, at FlixWatcherPod, and please go to iTunes, subscribe, and review. So guys, just as a big reminder, all films on the podcast were available on Netflix at the time of recording. There will be bad language. There will be spoilers. I hope you enjoy it. See you later. Do you want a professional-sounding podcast as professional as FlixWatcherPod? If you do, we recommend that you check out GL Productions. They're responsible for uh, editing and production. They're also going to give you a welcome package, 10% discount. If you're interested, email podcast at glpro.co.uk. Send them the message that FlixWatcherPod sent you and they'll give you 10% off your first package. Hello and welcome to Flix Watcher Pod. I'm Helen. I'm joined tonight by Kobe, as Hi. always. And our guests are Dan and James. Hey. Hi. And they are from the podcast A Gay and a Non-Gay. And we're here today discussing Dallas Buyers Club, which is Dan's choice. Yes, it is. Can you tell us a bit about your podcast, guys, and how you got together and your successes and what you talk about? Yes, yeah, so we, the way that we started is really random in that we both have a mutual friend who's my girlfriend and James's good friend and she went on holiday, well, she like moved to New York for like a month and we, we were left alone. We were left alone to our own devices. You know how some people so. ask you to like look after their cat when they're away? <laughs> well, I, I had to look after her boyfriend. So you were looking after him, not the yeah, other way around. Well, apparently, I thought it was the other way around. <laughs> no, it was probably more the other way around in the end. <laughs> And yeah, but that's basically what happened. But we hung out a lot, but not really ever like, I mean, Dan would disagree. I, I yeah. felt we'd hung out a lot, but we didn't really know each other. Sure. We were just there because of our- Mutual friends. Mutual, yeah, yeah, mutual friend, girlfriend. And then we, but so she left us and we recorded it. And we've been on our journey together. And how long has the podcast been running? I think it's about 18 months, but I feel like I've been saying 18 months for a long time. So it's probably pushing two so, yeah, years. Definitely pushing it two years. Cause I think it was August, September, Talia. Yeah went to new york so yeah about two years and how do you guys are you friends would you say you're friends now but well i guess <laughs> uh, yeah I guess although, I hope so. although recently i was like dan should we um should we record a podcast this weekend and he was like no i've seen you a lot lately i don't want to see you for a while yeah like, that's oh, true it did, say, it did say that no, really hurtful that was a while ago now we've got, <laughs> we've got past it i'm totally over it cool and what's your what's your personal twitter account i am at dan hudson and i'm at i am james Barr. <laughs> I always have to say the I am bit because it's it's just I'm James Barr. Yeah. But people get confused and they're like, is it I am? And it's just I'm. There's a long, long yeah. story. He wants about at James Barr, but he can't have it. No. The the guy that owns at James Barr, <laughs> let's just, just talk about him for a second. <laughs> is it one of those who's not used their account in a while? No, but he, he has used his account users? once, Helen, but only to tweet me back saying, Sorry, too late. I've got it. Oh. Isn't that so rude? Yeah. I, well, you said that because he logs into it every now and again that you can't, Twitter won't let you... Take it. Take it. Yeah, I've tried. 
<laughs> but it doesn't matter. You can just search James Barr and, and I'll come up. The one that has like fans and tweets. Yeah, I mean a few, but yeah, the one that comes up will be mine. So we're we're here talking about Dallas Buyers Club, which is your choice, Dan. Yes. Yes. So can you let us know why you chose it? Give us a bit of a synopsis and chat away. Well, I I chose it because it's one of those films that I remember watching and then immediately coming out of the cinema and not being able to think about literally anything else other than the film that I've just watched and yeah. just being on this like cloud of, of, of emotions for like a good half an hour after watching the film. And I still kind of feel like that about it now, despite it being four years ago. And haven't actually watched it since because I don't generally tend to watch things again. Well, I watched it today in, in anticipation for this, and everything kind of came flooding back. And it's just a, it's just a, it's just a fantastically powerful film. Well acted, amazing characters, amazing story. Yeah, it's a brilliant film. So let us know what actually happens in in Dan Spice Club. So Matthew McConaughey plays Ron Woodruff. Plays Ron Woodruff, who is portrayed as a sort of homophobic, typical redneck, cowboy-esque person in Dallas, Texas. He's like a player. Yeah. He sleeps with everyone. Yeah. And he is diagnosed with HIV off the back of sleeping with multiple people. Women, right? Yeah. And he he initially doesn't doesn't take well to the news and he, he, he doesn't understand because he's not gay how he would get the the gay disease, quote-unquote, which is kind of what it was being called at the time. So this is like mid-80s, isn't yeah. it? When it's, so the first people of note were dying of, of HIV or being or being diagnosed at the time. So. Yeah, so he's kind of in denial, but then it turns, then he kind of accepts it, and then he discovers that he can't get access to the drugs that he needs because they basically because of bureaucracy mm. and the FDA, which is like the American body that approves drugs for use in America, they haven't approved this drug called AZT, which can substantially help people with AIDS basically and prolong their life and reduce symptoms, etc. So upon discovering that, he he goes over the border to Mexico and procures these these drugs and begins to basically sell them to AIDS patients because they they need the drugs but they can't get them on on the health service so he starts this club called Dallas Buyers Club where where people can buy the drugs off him and as the film goes on he's 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 battling various the police are trying to are trying to get him they're trying to arrest him I don't fully understand how he seems to sort of get away with this but every, loopholes yeah loopholes. various various loopholes loopholes and red tape prevent him from from sort of getting done and yeah that's 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 kind of the, the main crux of it and he meet he meets a character called rayon who is hiv positive and is played by jared leto and they his his relationship with her goes some way into sort of transforming his uh, homophobic attitudes they end up being becoming friends and that's just a really nice kind of relationship between the two that grows. And in time, he loses all of his friends because they think he's they think he's gay and the and call him a faggot and and, and they like, don't understand the disease as well. Don't understand. They don't understand it either. Mm. So he kind of loses all his friends, but he gains he gains um, Ray as a as a good friend. 
and I don't want to. I don't really want to spoil. No, well, it's not, I mean, <laughs> but Helen, Helen, what what are your thoughts on on the DBC? On oh yeah, so I think when this came out, and I, I still think now, so much was made about the physical transformations of both McConaughey and Jared Leto that I think it kind of overshadows the story and what it's about, and you know, it's. The thing, the thing that I had watching it again, and when I watched it the first time, it feels a bit like a TV movie at times. Right. And there's some things like his road to, you know, redemption is pretty quick. You know, he kind of goes from being not a particularly nice person to being a bit of a hero in quite a short time. So that I think that's just, you know, one of those things about it. But it's a incredible story because it is based on a true story, and you just have to think there's you know, there were all these people in America in the 80s that were denied drugs because they hadn't been tested or, you know, there were just clinical trials. So it, it kind of touches upon the issue of licensed drugs, drugs in America and how it's sold to people. And also it's kind of an interesting portrayal of AIDS in the 80s as well because obviously its main character is not gay. And I guess that's kind of a rarity when we're talking about characters because obviously they're not that many characters in film. Obviously, there's Tom Hanks in Philadelphia. I'm trying to think of but any ca- ta- his character in Philadelphia was, was gay. Yeah, so straight people with HIV in the 80s mm. sort of, you know, telling a different story. Well, I mean, you have, in terms of straight, I mean, you have like Easy e from the band NWA. He was straight and contracted HIV and died. Magic Johnson, who's a basketball player. So there's, there's few and far between. And it's all, it was all it, when HIV kind of struck in the 80s, it was all about, for me, like there's the drug de- intravenous drug takers and gay people. That was the kind of main side of the story, wasn't it? So I think it's really good to have the story from this point of view and being sympathetic to everyone who's affected for, by it. Ron losing his friends, Rayon and his community, that her community that, she's already involved in and also he had some kind of things on the doctor's side where there's a relationship with rayon and that doctor who they'd known each other since they were kids and they kind of grew up together and they they had that kind of relationship relationship as well i think that's what's so great about it definitely is that is his journey to being more aware whereas you know and a lot of people in the 80s would have thought it was just a gay disease and that you know, there were quotes in newspapers in the UK being like, oh, I hope they all die. Uh, this is God's punishment. Like these are real quotes from MPs and all sorts of people in mm-hmm. power back then. And it wasn't that. And it's, it's so this journey is amazing, really. And, and he, Matthew's character feels like it, it, it is that at the beginning of the film and then does transform and learns more and becomes more aware that actually everyone's just human. So I think it's an, an amazing story i don't feel like it's like watching a documentary but i guess when i first saw it i wasn't really aware of matthew mcconaughey so to me oh really yeah i am but he looks so different so i don't think i even knew it was i didn't i didn't like for example helen you watched it and you you saw him looking so different it put yeah you off that it. was well that, it was just because obviously i knew him before the reconnaissance yeah uh, the reconnaissance. whereas i saw it and didn't see matthew mcconaughey i also didn't see jared i didn't realize that was jared i just saw their character so involved in their acting that I, it was believable to me 
th this is a film that was at the start of the McConaissance. It was about the same. I mean, he, he made this and he made Mud at the same time, True Detective. So they're all kind of happening at the same time. You and know. Magic Magic Mike was not far behind. Ma Magic, <laughs> um, I mean, the Magic Mike pinnacle. is a great film. Yeah, it's fantastic, and his performance in that is. It's 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 so funny because it's kind of like a caricature of Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, he had made good films like is it A View to Kill, The Time to Kill, A Time to Kill. That's it. That's a pretty good film. There's um, confused, of course. Yeah, but he kind of got stuck into kind of rom con zone. And yeah, then, failure to launch and things like that. Yeah, and then he, you know, it's just it's one of those films that I I just felt that a lot is made on the physical transformation of both characters that sometimes, because that's, that's kind of, you know, they got Oscar nominated and... You both know, won. They both did indeed. And But what do you make about the fact that, because I, looking outside of the actual physical transformation and losing it, a hell of a lot of weight. And some of the, we can see some of the pictures at the top, we can see the difference between McConaughey then and now. Sorry, then, when before he went into Dallas Buyers Club mode. For me, it was, I was thinking of, Failure to launch Matthew McConaughey rom-com film. Matthew McConaughey being in such a serious film like this, I just couldn't see it happening. So outside of this, the physical transformation, I was actually thinking, well, how is this actually going to work? This makes no sense to me as a thing because Matthew McConaughey was a bit, it was, it was a bit of a joke at the time, and this kind of story needed someone that had that kind of physical heft of performance, and he hundred percent has that in this and in films and TV shows going. So I. Uh, you know, I, sp I don't know why. I know I doubt it, but so glad that he has had the opportunity to redeem himself. I think. Well, he said that um, he didn't turn. He turned down loads and loads of work and didn't work for two and a half years, right? In order to drop the rom com <laughs> element of him and to start doing more serious stuff. And then I, I guess this and and Mud were the were the were the films that enabled him to sort of have a new new lease of life as it were i actually i actually watched it because i watched it as a press screening before i really knew anything about it so i didn't really clock i knew that jared was in it but i didn't know who else was in it oh so you didn't know matthew mcconaughey was in no it? not really oh really so i i just yeah as far as as far as i was aware he was just a character and i couldn't really you know square it with it being him anyway it took me a little a little while to work out that jared's character was was jared right because it doesn't really look anything like it. No, no, no. <laughs> so, I mean, what, what, what are people's, what do you guys know about Jared Leto before, or Leto before ba Dallas Buyers Club? Well, he was in Fight Club, Requiem for a Dream. Yeah. I'd seen quite, he was in My So-Called Life. Yeah. So, was, so that's what I couldn't remember what it was called. I used to love yeah. My So-Called Life. Yeah, so, um, he, yeah, he's got a very pretty face. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I mainly know him as the singer in 30 Seconds to Mars, who are a rock band, and that's, I still primarily think of him as a musician rather rather than an actor rather than actor yeah. so i'm not that big a fan of 30 seconds to mars so i think i'd always known more of the yeah i knew him as an actor requiem. but he's he's one of the few actors who's you know his music is actually sort of on par with his acting really that is it that good i mean they're, for what they do they're pretty good yeah i mean they're not is he is he what is he a singer he's a singer yeah. yeah he's a singer yeah he is the band essentially <laughs> but he's kind yeah, of he managed to do band. both of them at the same time with you know great success is it's not it's not like a comedy thing it's not like the keanu reeves <laughs> dog star, dog star. Dog star <laughs> comedy thing you know he's a serious musician hold on is dog star a comedy thing or is it just, oh, it's just an outlet is it I just think it ends up being yeah. comedy thing. all right <laughs> <laughs> don't know if that's the intention and the half <laughs> and the half 
Were you aware of Jadalito before? Jadalito no, before? I don't think so. I've heard his name, but certainly not that rock band. Yeah, I mean, it, it, he's he's made some really interesting film choices. Well, the though. Requiem for Dreams is amazing. Yeah, and his role in Fight Club is pretty good as well. Fight Club is definitely a film I haven't seen. It's probably worth seeing that, is it? God, yeah, yeah. But I mean, with, with both these, they both sort of came out of nowhere in that they'd never really taken on... Roles like this. Fit ...the physicality sort of side of the role, and they'd never really done anything sort of quite so off their previous career but i mean it is complete oscar bait though so i mean it's not a surprise that they they won i mean jared leto is quite a wiry cat character anyway he's not he's not as big as mcconaughey was before going into this so i don't think his transformation in is terms of losing weight was that big but w one of the kind of massive controversies about i don't know if massive is the word but there's big controversy about why was jared leto given the role for a tr for a trans character over like trans actors over other yeah. trans characters out there I mean, what, what are your kind of thoughts on that, guys? I wouldn't really want to comment on that because I, to me, it just doesn't seem like a big deal, but I'm sure, like, I'm sure <laughs> it is a big deal. <laughs> so, what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> <a> nervous laughter. <laughs> I mean, for me, the first time round, it wasn't, but for the second time round, it was a bit like, well, yeah, I mean, it's great, but surely, because there's the whole thing about disabled actors not being given parts of it's Disney. Mm. Oh, I mean, so it's hard to answer this question. I um, well, let's try. I <laughs> okay. Well, if you look, can we look at it from a race perspective? Would we can look at it from any perspective because I think there's. Would, would it be yeah. okay for a white person to pretend to be a black person? Probably not. Well, this is this is the thing, isn't it? Because it has been done. It's been done, and and I, I'm not trying to make this a. Can X person be an X, a Y person? But I think it's, no, it's one of those general part of the question. I think, it, it is because because I mean you have the you're talking about disabled black versus yeah. white versus different races versus when you throw it. Versus... I suppose when you put it in that category, for example, though, it does then become like uh fuck. Okay, yeah. I see what you're saying. So that's why I suppose I said that. Sure. Whereas disabled, you think oh well you know because um, like, well actually is it this? I mean it's such a big topic, but I think. I personally, I'm of the view that the best actor should do the role. That's my opinion on anything. So yeah. if it's like a, a Disney star, sorry, a, a star in the a star in the West End, and they're they're from a TV show, and they get a job as the lead in the West End musical, like are they the best person or are they just a famous person you're just trying to attract an audience? Sure. I don't think that's right. I think it should be the best person for a job, and it's the same in television. They hire ex pop stars and stuff and. Should they not hire someone that... I mean, Harry Styles is in Dunkirk. Right. Should he be in that film? That's probably for Flix Watcher in five years. In or however long, well, it takes how long it takes for Dunkirk yeah. to get to Netflix. And it's a, it's a very <laughs> difficult topic. But obviously there are communities and people that are more sensitive. So therefore that argument pops up time and time again. Yeah. Because being trans is not the same as being famous from a pop band. But does their personal journey translate well into a movie if they've never acted before if they're maybe a trans actor then well one of the one of the great. arguments for, for it was like the the pirates in captain phillips barkad abdi they had never acted before being in captain phillips starring alongside tom hanks wow and they smashed it out of the park yeah so the argument there is that we can it can work it, it can work mm. and i think I'm, it's, it's it's completely tough subject and then even like with the hobbit for example there were dwarves in the hobbit who are played by normal sized people quote unquote but there are 
dwarf actors. Yeah. And so it just becomes, I don't know, kind of, I don't know, maybe, maybe I've just turned us down a, a route we, we can't answer <laughs> in the space of Flixwatch podcast, but I think it's an interesting kind of topic to, is it the right person for the job or is it, for, is it you know, should it be? And the answer is Harry Styles was okay. Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> he was okay. But was, I couldn't stop looking fine. at him going, yeah. that's Harry Styles. And he's not really acting. He's just being himself, but not singing. <laughs> but I do think he was good. Yeah. I, he just took my attention away so much. Sure. It was Harry Styles. Is that the same as what you're saying, Helen, in this? You're looking at them going, that's Jared Leto. No, but I don't know. Because you come to a, a point in his life where he's obviously gone through quite a transformation and we don't really see that part of the journey. We just sort of see him in this late stage of his life. And I mean, it's a great performance and he really does embody the character. I'm not knocking that. It's just, I don't know. You just kind of wonder if it had been slightly different if it hadn't been someone so famous or, you know, well, I, I didn't really know Jared. And yeah. I thought, I actually, in a way, I kind of felt like his performance was better, in a way. Than McConaughey's. Kind of. Well, I, that's McConaughey's how I felt watching is it when just I had a no little awareness. bit too of a caricature, though, isn't it? In in terms of it being that yeah. redneck, hustler, mm. cowboy yeah. in the 80s who, you know, is a bit of a dick and then is faced with personal strategy and then has to redeem himself and turns <laughs> out that he does like gay people after True. all he was just being a bit of a dick. True. Uh, and actually that's probably why I relate more to Jared's character because I feel more of that journey as opposed yeah. to... Yeah. And there's a lot more uh, like ambiguous things about him because we, we don't really know where he's come from or Jared, anything. Rayon. Yeah, Rayon. Well, you know he's come from a bit of money. Yeah, but you don't really find that out until quite later on. Sure. I think it's, my favorite scene is the supermarket where Jared's character is shopping with Ron. Yeah, and homophobically abused. And then Ron's like, no, I'm going to take you down. Don't call him that. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's really that's amazing up. for me. That's Yeah, I love that scene. Yeah. But yeah, I'm probably more sensitive to it a little bit. So so in, interestingly, the so it's based on a true story. Right. And the real I've forgotten his name already. Matthew, Ron Woodruff. Yeah, the real Ron Woodruff is allegedly like no, no, not actually a dick like he's portrayed in this and is actually bisexual right. by some accounts. So they've exaggerated that aspect of him. I didn't know that. And I didn't either. As that's, as you said, Helen, Oscar bait. <laughs> and Jared's character is completely made up. So that oh, yeah. whole... That whole al allegedly by... Jared Leto talking to transgender people about their experiences and he's kind of merged all those together to to when he's when he's playing her. But there's 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 also some controversy that I was reading about Rayon because she's portrayed as according to one critic, it's not that she's got HIV that is a problem, but it's that she's transgender. And that seems to be the root of her really problems. Yeah, which I don't really agree with because I think I don't I don't know how they got to what that. What was that? An opinion? Yeah. Oh, okay. Not mine. <laughs> no, but <laughs> one you read online. Yeah. What they're saying that her whole thing in this film is that she's transgender. Not that. Yeah, that that's her main issue. I thought. I mean, I thought the main issue of her was that she was well apart dying. From, yeah, that's what I think. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I thought like the main issue dying is a big one, but the, and also the drug the, taking was yeah. uh, was a big part of her storyline, which it's never allowed her struggling to, get to, to cope with the dying. And but also, <laughs> as a, 
Oh God! So I, the quote, I sound like I'm. I just want to. Do you want to read the quote and then I'll say what I was going to say? It's she's tormented not by having HIV but by being transgender. So I'm going to say something super dark here, and it's, it's we're going deep. But <laughs> when I was growing up, gay, you are told that you're going to die of HIV. Like my mum is like, oh my God, my son is going to catch HIV because of all the stigma that that predated me in the 80s. So I would argue that. She's dealing with shame from being transgender, yes, but part of that is an institutionalized, mm. an institutionalized shame of that meaning that you will catch HIV and die. Boom, there you go. That, I mean, yeah, that is dark. <laughs> <laughs> right, but it's, it's, no, but yeah, it's, it's very I... true, I would say, for a lot of, of LGBT people. There's an amazing book that I think every person should read called Straight Jacket by Matthew Todd. And he was the editor of Attitude magazine for a long time. And he talks about all of these issues, not from a place of psychology, but from a place of his own experiences and just discusses how people growing up in society, even this one where things are better and you can get married, how you still see films where it's a straight couple as a mm -hmm. lead and how that will just subtly tell you that you're wrong and that you don't fit. And he talks a lot about HIV and the stigma that that's left us all with and stuff so yeah i think that's okay partly what's going and on i think there. we i mean so their quote that quote is kind of yeah true, yeah, yeah but mm. i think they're interweaved i think the same could be said about the different races and disabilities and and the kind of feminist movement as well that's about being able to see more films through different people's lenses yeah and i haven't seen it in the cinema at the moment there's a film called girls trip this is about this is a typical like hangover which would be three straight white men yeah, in but Vegas, for girls. but for girls, right. black black girls in America, and it's smashing it out of the park in from reports in America and doing well here as well. Guess what? Black females also go to the cinema. Exactly, <laughs> and that's and that's the thing. It's just like let's just have films of people and have pe different people's yeah. stories and not make it one a really. Have you seen a film called The Incredible Jessica James? It's a film on Netflix and I saw it at Sundance London Film Festival initially. And it's played this lady called Jessica James. She's straight black woman in America. And none of that really comes into the fact that she, it's just her in the story. And she's a bit crazy. She's a loves theater, but that's just the story of her. It doesn't, the race doesn't come into it. Her best friend is gay. That doesn't, that doesn't come into it. It's just it's just that this is this is the story of these people in America right. in that place. And that's that's how I think generally these things should just be. Yeah. I it's agree. just like this is my life. I, okay. I they agree. happen to not like Cheerios. Fine. Who who cares? <laughs> who what? cares? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's where hopefully we'll get to. But yeah. at the minute it's very important for for females and for people of different races and for, for LGBT people and anyone else that feels like they're a minority to be visible yeah. so that we can have acceptance because there's only one way you get that, and that is by being visible. And then when we're at that point, yeah, everyone will just be like, oh, cool. Normal, like, yeah, that's, that's yeah so thing. you were at school today. Have you met any boys or girls you like? Yeah. And that's hopefully how things will be. But we're not there yet, but films like that are really important. I want to see Girls Trip. <laughs> it's supposed to be good. Let's all go off. One of, <laughs> one of our favorite podcasting people, the Cinema, they've, they've talked about it on the recent episode. The cinema, they were there at British Podcast Awards. Oh, great. Hi, Kathy and Dave. They listened to the podcast as well. They've been on this before. Hi, and um, yeah, they won, they won the best new podcast. Amazing. Yeah. That's really big. Definitely. It's very exciting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Should we have some popcorn time before going into the scores? We should do. Let's do it. Yeah. So thank you, Popcorn Shed, for Come supplying on. us with this wonderful popcorn. What flavour have we got? This is Mrs. Pecan Pie, which is caramel popcorn pecan with golden pie. roasted pecans. This is my favourite, actually. This is really good. It is tasty. Yeah. Chomp away. I think they I think they like the way it sounds when you eat the popcorn next to the microphone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Feel free to join in. <laughs> Ooh, so I, have, I have to be careful because you can get those popcorn bits stuck in your teeth. And I hate that. Sometimes I choke. Cause and real mm-hmm. pain. And it's really awful because mm-hmm. everyone's trying to enjoy the film and there's like a tiny bit stuck on my throat. <laughs> and you're just it's spraying away. popcorn. Luckily that hasn't happened with popcorn shed. <laughs> you can find more about them from www.popcornshed.com. And we've loved every, every single person has loved them. Mm, it's been yeah. in the pop booth. So. We had someone who said afterwards they're like oh, i don't really like popcorn but they just said it anyway i can't remember who it was oh that's was, that's very nice of them there's someone who was like i don't really like popcorn <laughs> but they liked popcorn shed well they said they did on air yeah we, we weren't strong we weren't like strong on arming them into society. i think it's you can do decline the popcorn if you don't like some people don't like it i'm funny about flavor popcorn in general normally this just sounds like such an ad <laughs> <laughs> but you know it's not because uh, uh we're not in any way affiliated with them as a guest on your podcast but this is good yeah i don't like there's some there's something just like why does this exist why does cheese and onion exist on, on a popcorn and yeah it's odd isn't it right i'm gonna push it over out of my why are you worried that you're so just eating loads and loads of it you just come back from america so you've been lots and lots yeah, of bad stuff as well yeah, me too actually and i feel <laughs> massively obese <laughs> which is not the case Right. Time for some scoring. Yes. So, Dan, this is your choice. So, we're going to go for yourself into the recommendability score out of five. How much would you recommend this to people? I would give it a five. Right. Yeah, definitely. So, recommend it to everyone all the time. Ev- yeah, pretty much. When Because I was I was lucky enough to see it in advance of everyone else as, as, a, as a press screening. All right. I was... Baller. <laughs> But I was recommend. I was like, oh my god! I was like, this is going to win best picture at the out of the Oscars. I was recommending it to everyone I came across. I wouldn't shut up about it in- until it came out. You were like, then- oh, I've seen this film. It's not out yet. <laughs> you must go and see it. No, but it's just a thing that is true, isn't it? So I did. I was. I did see it, but so what? Before, what do you guys so- do? I mean, we talked about again and on game, but you guys are both in broadcasting. Yeah. So you guys get to- get the perks of stuff like this, don't you? Was, yeah, was this, basically. Was Apparently Dad perk? does, guys. I don't know if you know, but he saw Dallas Buyers Club like a whole month before it came out. <laughs> Shut up. I want to be his friend. I saw Beauty and the Beast a whole month, like two months before it came out, which was amazing. <laughs> that was actually really cool. I was really happy with that. I felt really special. Was that like a secret you just went to bed with, took yourself in? I, no, I told, I did exactly what Dan, what I'm having a go at Dan about. I told everybody. <laughs> so this is the most magical film you've ever seen. You must go and see it. So I, I broadcast on Heat Radio. I'm a presenter at MTV and I write for Attitude magazine. Oh, I, <laughs> I, uh, I'm a freelance producer and I work mainly at Radio 1. But at the time I worked at Kiss and Kerrang. Hence the rock, hence the 30 hence, seconds hence to Mars. The, yeah, Mars. hence the 30 seconds to Mars. I was listening yeah. to one of your podcasts and you were going to the Camden Rock Festival was it <laughs> Tech Metal. It was the tech metal band? Yeah, well, I was trying to get James to come see a tech did, metal band. Did you see, did you watch them? Shut up. I don't know. I don't know what I watched. It just was so loud. <laughs> I don't know what I saw. No, James, he didn't want to stick around for the tech metal, but we did watch like three bands. 
Was it three? Yeah, I think so. It was really scary. But James just went, it's just so annoying. He just wouldn't shut up the whole time. What do you mean? About like, why is the man screaming? And like, why, why are they is so it, angry? Why are they so, yeah. They are like, so angry. He was saying it like audibly. Everyone could hear him. I would like, do, oh, my impre- I'd do my impression. They definitely couldn't hear me because it was so loud. I'd do my impression, but there's like a yoga class going on next door to the studio. <laughs> and I don't want to disturb them. It, oh, it's really not my thing. But I support Dan's life choices in in whatever way he wants to express himself. That and the chickens. Facts. Yeah, the chickens. <laughs> the chickens. Oh my god. Chickens the chickens. I, don't su- I don't support that move. <laughs> oh, thanks for listening. Oh, of course, uh, yeah. Well, like I say, after the after the podcast awards, I listened to like everything. Oh, at it least means a once. lot. Yeah, like truly, it does. Well, it shows that things like that really do help. Did you know, James was the DJ that night. I did not know. We got drunk though, didn't we? It was a lot of free. There was a lot of free booze. Yeah. This is at the London Podcast Festival. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Which awards. Podcast awards. awards. Um, so, hi, yeah. hi, Matt and Matt. Thank you for putting on the awards and yeah, getting amazing. podcasters together in a room. I'm really and excited about drunk. next year's. Yeah. Um, we're getting our entry ready. <laughs> <laughs> Might steal some of this one. We, does that work? Are we allowed to do that? I don't, I don't know. I'm sure if we've guessed it, we can steal some of it. We may, we may put you in as part of our entry. Oh, stop it. Right. Right. Okay. So, that means we've got a two, we've got double the chance. Yeah. James, recommendability, Dallas Buyers Club. Oh, yeah, that's what we're doing. I, I'm going to give it a four. I think it's very recommendable, but it's heavy. So not, not for everyone. So four. Helen? I, I'm, I'm going to give it a five. I think it's, it is a really interesting film. And if you haven't seen it and you, you like kind of thought-provoking method acting kind of, then um, you should definitely give it a go. And also, if you've ever seen Matthew McConaughey in Anything Terrible, then you should um, watch this. Is this is a redemption film. Yeah. <laughs> Mud is also a great film. Yeah, it's not on Netflix yet. They need is to put not, that on. Uh, it's just on Film Four all the time at inconvenient times. Repeat viewing. Oh, sorry, I should say my score. I'm going to go for four as well. I think it's great. I couldn't recommend. I could not recommend to everyone, but I think it's a superb film. Repeat viewing score, Dan. Well, I I'm not a repeat viewer generally, so I I don't know if I would necessarily i have watched it again for the purposes of this podcast but i think when you know the story like there's not anything really to be gained by watching it again just in general or here in this film in in general but like particularly with this film okay because part of the enjoyment of it is not knowing how it's going to play out sure and you know whether he's about to die at any moment or not and when you know that that kind of takes some of the enjoyment away from it so i would give it a but I mean, it is, ama- it is an amazing film, so therefore Ooh. you should watch it more than once. But I'm going to give it a three, yeah. Cool. James? I'm going to go higher than that because it's definitely repeatable. In the same way, like, I love The Talented Mr. Ripley, which I know you guys have done yeah. on a podcast. I think that's an amazing film. And I've seen that, like, four times, weirdly. I don't know why. I suppose it's been on a lot, probably, again. I don't yeah. know. It's been, I've seen it on TV a couple of times, I think. But even though I know what happens, like I still enjoy the journey of that character. And I think the same for this. So I'm going to give it a five. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Wasn't expecting that. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Helen. Yeah. I'm going to give it a two. I saw it. I think I saw it when it came out and thought, can I go away with not watching it? And I thought, oh, <laughs> it's been a while since. I can't I've believe you gave it. it a recommendability of five when you when you say that. Well, well, no, because I, th- I think if you haven't seen it, you should definitely see it. But And it is a really interesting film. Again, it's it's from quite an interesting period, you know, 80s, HIV. Yeah. And, you know, the two performances are, are brilliant, but I don't think you... It's not something that you're going to sit down and go, oh, I'm going to sit down and watch this again. And uh, <laughs> But, like, there's two two things that... 
Oh, that was fun. <laughs> yeah, there's two things that I um I I'd have not necessarily forgotten, but couldn't remember that I did think were actually um the most kind of interesting bits of sort of cinematography and sort of slightly strange bits. There's a brilliant bit when he goes and gets covered in some moths. In the butterflies. Yeah, the butterflies moth? yeah. or moths or something. Things like that. I wasn't wearing my glasses. And then there's also <laughs> an amazing bit where he's kind of hallucinating it and he sees like the clown rodeo. Yeah. And that, that's So I, I hadn't remembered those from the first time. So that was the two bits that I enjoyed rewatching it. But yeah, you don't really need to see it lots. Once is enough. But if you haven't seen it, then you should definitely see it. Yeah. And if you haven't seen it for all... Since it came out in the cinema. Yeah, or maybe a little bit longer. Maybe about three years and maybe should give it another go. Kirby, you're the Louis, uh, Louis Walsh of the situation. You're like the deciding vote because we've given it a five, a three, and a two. Oh, <laughs> well, I'm going to... It's pretty split, that is. It's going to yeah. be it's gonna no be on the low side. And typically when when we watch the films for Flix Watcher, I, I tell my wife what we're going to watch and she decides whether she's going to see them or watch them with me. <laughs> and she saw this at the cinema with me and she's like, I really like the film, but I just can't do it again. And I think that's, I'm not sure, I would have seen it again at some point, but I'm not sure when that would have been. And I'm not half seeing it now. I can't think of when I'm going to watch it again. So it's going to be low. And I think it's going to be two and a half. That's more I generous think, than yeah, me. I was yeah, I was one, actually. Yeah, I was expecting there. maybe a, a 1.2.7 or something. <laughs> point, point zero. <laughs> now I'm going to knock it down to a two. Oh. Uh, with, but with the talented Mr. Ripley, which talk, I think the talented Mr. I'd Ripley. I'd watch that again, actually. Yeah, I think I that's, that's a more that. layered film. I think there's a lot yeah. more going on in that. Than, okay. It's dark, the, but fun. Yeah. Well, I suppose the thing is, and I'm sure loads of people listening to this will feel the same, because we've talked about it, I want to see it again. So yeah. that immediate because I haven't seen it in a while, it gives me an immediate repeat fee, repeat fee, repeat, <laughs> repeat viewing of five. Not sorry, Matthew McConaughey might be getting a repeat fee though for me watching it. Small screen score, Dan. Again, I I'm not a f- I'm not a fan of watching films on the small screen generally, especially dramas. So I'm going to give it three again, even though that's going to bring down the overall school score. But I think, yeah. I'm going to do 2.5 straight in the middle because I don't really care either way on this one. Yeah. I don't think it needs the cinematography. It doesn't need the big cinematography, but it doesn't really, doesn't matter if it's on a seat. Like, yeah, just don't really, not bothered either way. That's fair enough. Helen? I'm going to give it a four. It's two hours long and just just about kind of feels that. But yeah, it, it's it's not a, a cinematic experience, and I, I well, do, you, you call it a TV yeah, movie. Yeah, I do feel that the kind of the pacing and a lot of the <laughs> the kind of the shots, you know, it's it's not something you'd describe as being. A, Imagine that moth scene on a big I, screen, though. I have seen it, but I obviously didn't remember all of the answers. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it works on your laptop perfectly. Yeah, I think four. So you you said four, sorry. I did. Yeah. I'm gonna go four as well. I don't think I watched it in a cinema. Didn't feel that needed to necessarily been there the sound wasn't that great it's just all about the story and the character and that thing conveys quite well at home on your on your normal tv engagement score dan yeah five i was fully engaged throughout it to be honest like i didn't and after it it sounds like and after it yeah i i didn't i don't feel like it feels like it's two hours i feel like it it went by really quickly i was having when i did watch it because it was a press screening, I didn't know anything about it. <laughs> I was like fully, fully engaged in in what what is about to happen. Is he about to die at any minute? You know what? Like, yeah, that is 
that is one good thing about a press screening. Like you haven't, sometimes you haven't seen a trailer or yeah. heard anything about it. So you go in totally blind. And I would definitely recommend going to see something you've never seen anything about ever anywhere. Like just avoid Empire and Twitter reviews of films and just literally get like, just at some point in your life, just going blind to something. that's. Are you guys it. members of Cineworld Cinemas at all? Because they do this thing once a month where it's like a free screening and they don't tell you what it is. Oh, wow. And you really? just go and... That's exciting. Do you still do them? Yeah. Oh, I think so. I, have, I haven't been to one for a while. It's like one of those but... secret hotels on last minute. Yeah, exactly. You just turn up and go, <laughs> well, this is actually wank. <laughs> oh, this hotel's actually awful. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, I like. I, I, yeah, I do get that. And sometimes stay away from trailers for films I'm really interested in seeing because as we just discussed with... This trailer for um, Dallas Spice Club we saw, which the is whole about, thing, is it? about yeah. five minutes long. Yeah. <laughs> Eight trailers like the whole that. Film. I'm going to give it engagement of 4.5 because I found it very difficult to watch the opening. Yeah. I, as a, a gay person, I suppose, I felt, I was like, oh, this is really hard to watch. Why am I watching a, yeah. a guy being so vile? But then obviously it changes, turns around. So, but in terms of engagement purely, I found it difficult at the beginning. But then I was in. So, yeah. Helen. Oh, it's, this, is, this is tricky because obviously the first time around I was, you know, really engaged in it. But then you kind of, oh, where to go? Four. Four. I'm going to say three for, <gasps> the, for the subsequent viewings. Because I think once you, yeah, once you know the story, that's, that's the downside of the repeat viewing thing. Once yeah. you know the story, I don't think there's that much to this film. You know, such as is going to pop his clogs. You know, it's going to be sad. You know, ultimately... They're going to cross and get the drugs and stuff like that. So I don't think there was that much to it, but I just think it's an important story, but I don't think it was that but laid moths. enough to... The moths, yeah. It was, I, the I, butterflies. I, the butterflies. I agree with you. I, I forgot about the butterflies. You know, when I saw that again, I was like, yeah, that is, that is pretty cool. And I was thinking then, would I be pissed off if I got into a room with loads of butterflies? Would that piss me off? Or would I actually really be amazing. That? Do you reckon? They'd tickle out. you. <laughs> freak out. <laughs> so that gives us a score of 3.75. That's pretty I, strong. Pretty strong. I would it's have nearly thought a four. Higher. Yeah, a little bit. What did it let down on? Oh, I guess the repeat viewings repeat has let viewing. it down. And yeah, yeah. Repeat viewing. Yeah. Funny that a recommendability of four point five in total can be only a three point seven five overall. Well, that's how the you know there's the craziness of the system. scores, isn't it? Yeah, you can't you can't predict you can't predict where it's going to go. So we had some people on Twitter. We asked them, we're reviewing Dallas Buyers Club. Have you seen it? If so, give us your five-star rating, a short review, and retweet. And we got the following comments back. From Film Roast, very sad. Jared Leto was lights out in this film. Some of it drug for a bit for me, so I'll give it 3.75 out of 5. I had to check out what lights out meant, and that's a good thing, apparently. Uh, okay. <laughs> and drug out meant, yeah, dragged out. So oh, 3.75 out of 5. Amanda's pick show says four stars. Such amazing performances. I stopped thinking about the actors and truly saw the characters. And that's yeah, what was I agree James with that. Yeah, said that. Yeah. I said that too. Caviar, no last name, says, yes, I saw it. I think they did a great job considering it was based on a true story. No, no star rating, though. He, uh, they came back with five stars later on. I did question. Oh, okay. But not fully true, as Dan's research has told us. Yeah. Great job considering it's based on, it sounds like a, not 100% behind it. WWWT podcast says terrific movie heart-wrenching five stars and the abbott great film four stars it was incredibly engaging and full of risks pure direction i would describe it as a pbs special for adults only pbs is a an american documentary channel right they yeah they head down to navi <laughs> i think they did so actually did in a way that's sort of saying what you said helen tv movie style i feel like we've been 
quite representative yeah, of, what, absolutely. Yeah, of yeah. what people on Twitter have said. Fantastic. Guys, let us know where we can find you online. Of course, we'll link to you in the show notes. Yeah, so um, if you go to gaynongay.com, you can get our entire podcast feed. We're also obviously in iTunes and on your favorite pod app. Just search non-gay and our Twitter and Instagram handles are at gaynongay. We are again, <laughs> and on, yeah. I thought, thought Dan was going to say something, but he just no, nodded. No, 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 James, James got that one spot on there. Spot right. on, so yeah. Whew. Whew. I feel like I've gone really heavy on the uh, on the old gay card in this in this podcast. <laughs> well, thanks very much, guys. Yeah, cheers for you spending time thanks with us. Having yeah, us. thanks for having us. Really great, on, actually. It's been really fun just chatting about films. Absolutely, guys. Talk about film and tell us about them on our Twitter account. Beauty and the Beast is one of the most amazing films I've ever seen. Would you pick that had that been on Netflix uh, for your choice? Yeah, I think I would have done, actually. Yeah, because it's like super magical and such a great remake. That is, they do show Disney films on Netflix, so it could be one for the future. We'll swing around. I still want Moana to be on there. <gasps> I'm it is, I'm it is, isn't it? Oh, uh, it is in America. VPN. <laughs> yeah, it's on it's on the American <laughs> one. <laughs> Get yourself a VPN. <laughs> what a great end. Hi Netflix. <laughs> they don't endorse this, do they? Do they support this podcast? Do they? Not yet, but they will do. They yes, will okay, do. and probably not now. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thanks guys for listening to the show. That was James and Dan from Gay and Not Gay Podcast. All the details are in the show notes and you can find all the links to their Twitter accounts and to the website and everything there. And we really, really recommend you listen to them because it's a good, fun podcast. What do you reckon, Alan? I endorse everything you've just said. Please don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes. And of course, we want to big up Tony and Jay and also Greg, our editors from GL Productions. Of course, please big up Mighty People for the tunes you can hear now. And at the start of the podcast, find us on Twitter at Pod. And visit our website, flitswatcher.tv. 